0: In today's episode, we speak with Sandra Kohando. She's the co-founder of Transform Me Learning. She's an international facilitator and leadership coach with over 20 years helping people and companies grow. The leadership skill we'll be discussing with Sandra today is awareness. You're with Renee Craven and Dave Clifford.
1: Welcome, Sandra. Can you tell us the story of Sandra?
0: Thanks, Dave and Renee. It's, It's a pleasure having this conversation
2: with the two of you, especially knowing that you're also in similar journeys as well. So, the story of Sandra is of a scared little girl who wanted to be invisible and hidden from the world. And in my growing up years, it was a lot around absorbing limiting beliefs, stories around scarcity, around uh, reducing your ambition, your dreams. And everything seemed really small in my growing up years. But I had one story that kept me going, the story I kept telling myself and it was something on the lines that I'm special I didn't know how then or what I was meant to do sometimes I was even ashamed of thinking about why would I think I'm special but that voice I think gave me a lot of hope and also allowed me to look at new possibilities and try new things um, and when you try new things there's a lot of struggle there's a lot of struggle and the struggle is really useful. And in those years of finding your purpose and in finding what your natural talents are, questioning yourself, your confidence, sometimes going through depression where I wouldn't believe that any of the stories I was telling myself about being special or talented were true. But I feel struggle sometimes lead us to a journey, a journey of uh, things that you wouldn't dare dreaming about So I did everything that scared me. So I used fear as my lighthouse instead of running away from it. And I said, okay, if this thing scares me, let me try doing it. Um, I spent 30 years of my life running away from it. So let me kind of, in my 30th year, try and pivot and let's go towards it. And that took me into a journey of doing uh, or creating possibilities for me. So I became an entrepreneur for the first time in 2012. I co-founded a company that eventually became one of the top 10 leadership companies in India. Six years later, I moved to Australia and set our business up here as well. Uh, I spoke at two TEDx forums and overcame my glossophobia, the fear of public speaking, And now with over 100 blue chip clients across the world coaching some of the brightest minds um, and leaders, um, who would have thought, who would have thought my, certainly my old self would never have dreamt me being in this journey. So yes, my story of a scared little girl who wanted to be invisible and hidden from the world to somebody today who wants to spread that light, that light of awareness, to tell everyone that there is a place for all of us here with all our imperfect
0: imperfections too. Wow, it's a beautiful story. Thank you. Our topic of conversation today is awareness. What does awareness mean to you, Sandra? I got introduced
2: awareness, like I said, after I turned 30. The first 30 years, I was like a driftwood, just following people's advice and patterns that the world taught me. Um, that's awareness too. So for me, awareness is a state of knowing. Um or discovering something, discovering knowledge or discovering something. And when I look at awareness, I look at the two kinds or the two ways to gain awareness. The first way is from the outside in, absorbing information from the world around us. We get a lot of awareness through education, through training sessions, learning programs, through mentors, through news, through what's happening around us. But the second, more meaningful awareness for me comes from the inside out. When there, where you create a space of calling that's deep within, where you need to cultivate it. You need to get into a space where you start receiving messages um, or start knowing you or knowing yourself more than what the world is telling us. So, um, and then eventually I feel while we need to balance both, gaining awareness from the outside in, it's also important to stay tuned to what's happening inside and receiving that information and knowing who you truly are.
1: So are you talking more on the levels of awareness? Saying So if I kind of maybe paraphrase what you just said, it's like there's a, a self-awareness is probably the most important for, for you, but you have to have a, also the awareness of the situation that you're in, Awareness of the system around you.
2: Absolutely, Dave. I mean, you can't just have complete self-awareness and be oblivious to everything around you. You also need to have sensitivity to what's happening outside. And that brings me to what are the levels of awareness you're looking at? And you've kind of triggered that conversation as well. So there is one is your self-level where you are being aware of what's happening to you, your triggers, your emotions, the stories or beliefs you're telling yourself, creating who you are. And then, of course, how you're playing that up in the world, which is sometimes you can't be completely authentic or completely yourself without understanding the environment around you is receiving that. To give you an example, we keep talking about, even in our workshops, is to have authentic conversations, to share with people around you what you truly feel or what is going on inside you and share that out. Now, if I'm playing that role all the time, I may be insensitive to people around us. For example, there are people around us who may not be ready to receive that information. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming up and sharing with you that, you know, hey, you know, you shared something with me today, but that was a little insensitive and I'm feeling hurt or the triggers coming up. I'm completing half the story. I'm releasing, I'm being authentic about myself. But in that moment, I'm not looking at observing whether that person is receiving it or whether that I am triggering something in that person and doing exactly what happened to me. So that level of your own. And I think, David, um, we when we talk about social, emotional intelligence, we look at the four quadrants of awareness of self, action, awareness of others, and then action. So it gets important in balancing that act. And when what should I be sharing in the moment that serves the situation that not just serves me but serves the person I'm sharing it with does that make any sense?
1: Oh yeah no definitely 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 makes sense so when did you realise you need to work on, on your awareness as a point in time but you got a beautiful story about the scared little girl and the transformation what what mm-hmm. was the trigger point for you around that or, is, is, or has there been a bit uh, like uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, uh, that, the situation where Maybe you, you felt you had to work on your awareness when you were dealing with a client or working with an organization or maybe on a personal level.
2: Yeah, yeah. That I think, and if I could remember that, the true tipping point happened about 10 years ago. I was working in an organization. I was feeling completely frustrated. I was a very different person 10 years ago. So I was surrounded with the emotion of being a victim, that I'm doing my best and I'm not getting what I deserve getting. So I felt frustrated. I felt stuck. I felt demotivated Um, and that led to depression. And over months, I felt that I felt dead inside. So I would go to work and I would come back home feeling dead, not feeling, not achieving anything. And what was happening around me didn't matter. So whether I'm in a good role, whether the salary was great, whether I was achieving my goals, none of that happened uh, mattered to me. I just didn't feel anything inside. And that was really scary. It was really scary when I stopped feeling any kind of emotions. And that's the time I said, you know, I need to get out of it. I need to get out of this space and how do I do it? Um, And for me, quitting a job was always a big thing because for me being financially independent, was really important. And at that moment, I realized if I did not cut ties here, I wouldn't be able to move forward. And when I went through, and that was my maximum period of frustration and depression. One day I came home and I said, you know, I need to stop. Otherwise it's gonna to go to a very, very scary place and I'll be out of control. And I, I took the help of my husband. Uh, who helped have this conversation with me. And I said, okay, I'm going to put a plan in place. I'm putting a plan in place to get me out of this space. Who am I? I didn't even know who I was, what my purpose was, what would I love doing? So if I were to look for another role, what would that be? What will excite me? So I had a question mark everywhere. So the plan I did was the first biggest step was I needed to stop in this whirlwind that i was getting and drowning myself i had to stop i said i'm going to create a list of plan and get myself help so the first help was i went and got myself a life coach and that was the best decision i could have made because the life coach sped the whole process for me she he sped it about 10x. i remember in 2010 or 2011 in one of the life coaching sessions i had created my life purpose statement. And I had no idea what it meant. And, and I remember the life purpose statement really clear as well. I had it posted for a long time. It was, I'm in, a constant cha- I'm in a constant state of joyful learning and thrive when I help people unleash their potential. And I thought it was quite funny because I was nowhere in, <laughs> in the space of unleashing my own potential. And I, was, I had a life purpose of helping others unleash theirs. And I had no idea what to do. I had never done training, coaching. I was always in operations, business development and Six Sigma, nothing related to HR or l at that point. And so when this was gifted to me as my statement, it kind of opened possibilities. I said, okay, where is this leading me towards? And I went through my first uh, life coach training program. And then there was a lot of aha moments came it because in that training program, it was not so much teaching me how to be a life coach. It was teaching me who I was, what was my natural gifts and talents. What was my core values, which was so beautiful. I had never done an exercise like that. What drove me? And from there, the whole journey of being an entrepreneur, I said, you know what? I want to do something. Uh, Transform me was born. Um, the company both me and my husband run uh, because we said we're going through this huge process of transformation for ourselves. Let's take it out there and help people. And so we use that as a North Star and created that journey and that purpose. And then of course, it's being constant. You don't finish learning. You don't finish self-awareness. And there are many, many more opportunities that came along the way that just helped me keep unpeeling the onion (laughs) that we are sitting with
0: the journey that you went through, how did you find that impacted yourself and impacted others around you? Self was very clear. I untied myself. If I were
2: to use that one sentence, I I didn't realize I had so many ropes and chains that I tied myself to in terms of those limiting beliefs. And when I started untying them one by one, I felt liberated. That was a big impact for me. I felt free. I felt I could do anything on this planet, which was a different story when I grew up. And the story, I said, I couldn't do a lot of things. I couldn't go out. I couldn't dress the way I wanted to dress. I couldn't have the friends I wanted to have. So from I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't to I could do anything. That was the biggest impact on my life. The inside, the thought process. And of course, it manifested outside in the roles that I do, in the work I do, the opportunities I have kind of manifested there. The impact for people around me, uh, for my family, was the, my family was the biggest um, support system for me, and they saw a different me as well. Um, hopefully, more supportive, more understanding. Uh, there's always journey to continue over there, but um, I realized that I reduced my judgment scale a little bit. So early, I was like, why couldn't you do it? You shouldn't be doing this. And that kind of dropped a little bit because I started understanding people's perspective. So if, if it's easy for me, doesn't mean it's easy for you. And if it comes as second language for me, it's it must be the most difficult thing for you. So just understanding that perspective, reducing the judgment uh, scale, um, giving space for conversations uh, that helped in in bonding and bringing people together in family. That helped, and of course, taking it to work in creating that space for clients and conversations. Uh, most of our work is repeat business, so um, to be able to bring value for clients where they're able to see themselves move ten x, and I think that comes from a phase uh, phase only if you've gone through that journey to be able to create that space for. People around you. And I, of course, I have a lot more to do. So, journey continues.
0: Yeah. How important do you think awareness is for a leader to have?
2: We moved from IQ to EQ leadership, I think, over a decade ago. And EQ is all about awareness. It is not something that you can learn up and clear, it is something that you have to develop, cultivate. And it's a process. I can't start from a zero to 10 in 10 sessions. I'm also looking at now the movement happening from EQ leader to conscious leadership, which is um, how are you working towards impacting community as well around you, not just yourself and your team members, but community, um, whether it's in your organizations or outside your organization, your country, et cetera. And none of that is possible if you don't have a level of awareness. For me, that's the foundation. If you don't know how you come across to your team, if you don't know how you come across to your clients, or worse, you think you come across in a certain way and it's just the opposite, you won't make an impact, you won't grow, you won't meet your goals and ambitions. And especially in what we've learned with COVID and and, and the worker world that we talk about, it is so dynamic. You don't know what's going to hit you next, next month, next week. So you need to be prepared for anything and awareness is that. It's noticing what's happening and in that moment, what decision I need to make. So what I often tell my clients is um, pause and listen to the conversation happening in your head, the thoughts, and listen to it as if they weren't yours and ask yourself, when I listen to this conversation, what does it tell me about this person? You can't hide from yourself what you're thinking. You can hide from others. You can't. You're a complete clean slate there. So when you listen to what you're thinking, ask yourself, am I inspired by this person? And if not, and that's okay. If it's not, it's okay. It's what do I need to do in terms of changing those dialogues or changing those beliefs so that I can be inspired with this person? Because this is the only person I'm going to live for the rest of my life. So if I'm not inspired with this person within me. It doesn't matter. Who who's around me, or what team I'm leading? If I'm inspired within, I can bring inspiration out.
1: Mm, so it's interesting. i I'm, I'm, like you mentioned, you had a life coach and everything. And we've talked to your, your partner, Gathic, and he, like it was a really good talk with with him. Honestly, interesting. It's the dynamic of having two coaches. Do you think it's really important to have someone you can that supports you through this journey? You guys know each other so well. Um, the is it better to have that? Person who knows you well, or is it better to have someone who doesn't know you too, too well?
2: For me, it really helped um in retrospect to always have somebody who knows you well because you get a perspective from somebody else, um especially when you are in those moments where you feel weak or you get trapped with your own mind traps. And there will be moments, no matter how much work you do in self awareness, there will be moments you'll feel trapped or you'll feel like a victim. Then you need somebody to say, hey, you know, this is not you. You're being a victim. Step out of it. Get out of it. And so that way it helps to have somebody who really knows you. Of course, in that moment, you don't want to hear it. In that moment, you said, you know what? You're not right. I'm not being a victim. I'm not being a lazy ass. I'm not being somebody who's mind trap. But So there's a struggle in that moment, but I think it's important for us to catch ourselves and to listen to advice and listen or, or look into the mirror that somebody's trying to show to you for us to get out of it. At the end of the day, it's helping me, right? So to get out of that as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, and of course, you've, you've got to trust the partner. So when they say something, it's like, oh, well, maybe they have a point, right? I mean, if someone else says it to that doesn't really know, you're going, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know me. So what is the kind of one piece of advice you, you give a new leader um, to tune into that kind of level of awareness? Or well, what's a technique they might use or some tool?
2: There, there are many tools and techniques and it depends on person to person. For example, Um, having 15 minutes to yourself to be able to have that conversation or notice or listen to what you're doing is really helpful because if you're running like a bullet train throughout the day with your various roles, not just as a profession, but you come back home as a father, as a mother and you know those roles and you don't have time to self-reflect, there is no growth happening because you need to pause, look at what you've achieved so far, you've done so far, you're thinking so far to make that shift happen. So, my advice would be find that 15 minutes, whatever time of the day. So some are early morning people, some are late night people. Do whatever you feel in that 15 minutes. It gets you to self. Like it could be either journaling, not a journaling person, listen to some music and notice or meditation or, um, or speak with somebody. Like if you have somebody who's, who's a good listener Um, And that doesn't need to happen every day, probably once a week, have that conversation. So find that resource where you take out 15 minutes a day, or probably half an hour, one hour in a week, where you just pause and self-reflect. What have I done so far and where do I want to go? So there's two questions I keep asking myself when I do the self-reflection is, what do I believe in, in this moment? Because beliefs change too, right? With our journeys and with our circumstances. What I believe in this moment. And if my belief is not supporting growth, I would say, how could I be wrong in this belief? And so it's non-judgmental. I'm not not even pushing myself down or putting myself down. I'm just questioning as a third party, non-judgmental, as a coach, how could I be wrong here? And if you have somebody else asking that question, it's even better because then you can hear your own voice and then make that decision.
0: You mentioned music as a as one way for um, someone to sit and reflect. Do you have a song that you listen to to when you're reflecting yourself? So when I'm doing reflective work, whether it's for myself or if
2: I'm creating something new, I usually play very soft, instrumental, mostly piano-based music. For me, what's more important is when I feel that I'm going down, when my energy is low or when these traps come up, that's the time music is really, really important to me because that for me is the fastest or you call it a life jacket. It kind of just pulls me out of before I start drowning. And the one song that I remember I keep going back to, and if you've seen the movie, The Greatest Showman, uh, it's This Is Me from Kesha, the song.
1: It's it it, it just Mm -hmm. kind
2: of builds that power that we are glorious. There's a place for all of us, and and don't get yourself bogged down. So I keep listening to that, and just kind of just gets me out of that zone
0: quickly. (laughs) I like that. I have um, I listen to different types of music throughout the day depending on the kind of day that I'm having. Uh, So I find that the music I listen to reflects the mood I'm in. Yeah, it's
2: very powerful and therapeutic as well. Music. just need to get the right. We use music in even in in very sensitive workshops. So we need to go get people in and start surfacing conflict. We use music there for them to feel that energy, and then those conversations start bubbling
0: up. So it's really powerful. It's really interesting. The more conversations that we have with people, the more I realize how much people do listen and use music in different situations, different scenarios. Which is that's very cool
1: yeah
0: yeah what's your song dave
1: oh you've You've caught me now (laughs) i don't know again it's kind of similar to you guys right it's not a i don't think there's a song that triggers awareness for me it's it's more a, a random listen to a playlist and a song will create something that will have a memory link to something else that i just you know makes me It's either a private thing for me right there's the song has a private meaning for me or then there's you know, I'm right, I need to get into this mode, right? Uh, like similar to Renee. I know I'm going to have to have a high impact day. I'm going to have to be on my game, you know, full of energy. It's I'm just, you know, some dance music or something really high tempo, right? Like it's like you work out. To, so I'm just, when I hit, I'm like, it's like a whirlwind then from the place. And uh, now I've got to keep it all. It's the same, I think it just depends on the, the situation, right? It's that awareness, to, uh, right? There's no point in listening if I'm going to have to go into a really high, Workshop and be fine listening to something really calm and mellow, right? But if I'm going to be, you know, if I want to have a calm and mellow conversation and you know, it's kind of exploration into some different topics, then maybe it's going to have to be reflective music, right? And I think yeah. it is, but yeah, as I saying I don't think people realize how much they actually use music in their day to day lives um and how it has the impact on their mood and how they use it to get themselves into the zone or maybe just pull back and get into that reflective mood. Yeah, yeah.
0: I do have one for awareness though, a specific one. It's called Awaken by the band Yes, English guys. Uh if you have have a listen to that song and you'll you'll understand why, you know, that sort of goes through its phases as well, That within the one song. Um, and you definitely a lot feel a lot better by the time you end get to the end of that song. Beautiful. I've got that
2: noted down. Awaken by yes band,
0: right? Yeah, they're just called yes.
2: Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Super. Thanks for that. I can't even spell yes. I want to
2: understand from you. What do you feel? And I know awareness is a broad a uh, broad umbrella. But what do you mean by awareness? What's awareness for you?
0: I can give you the textbook definition of um, being aware of what's going on in your within yourself and then, um, what's going on around you and also what you're doing and how that's impacting those around you as well. And I think, um, that awareness really started to build, you know, when I started to understand agile a little bit more deeply than, um, just a training course or whatever. So maybe 10 years has really started mm. to really grow for me the last year for me you know 12 months ago I made some big changes in my life and the changes also meant that I lost a lot of connections that I had a year ago and that has made me become more aware of myself and what I can do on my own and where I want to go and all of those sorts of things so yeah I've definitely in the last year that has grown a lot more than it had previously beautiful now you enjoying the process Yes, yes, I am, and it's. I'm fortunate that I've got the space to, to do that as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not working full time, and I'm I'm a Pilates instructor now as well, and I don't even consider that work. I'm, mm. um, you know, technically I'm getting paid, and I put work into creating um, programs for each and every client. But you know, having a session with a client, whether it's online or in person. Um, I don't consider that work. It's, it's definitely good for the mind and the yeah. soul. Yeah, and the body. And the body, yes.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, really.
1: I guess with all pressures on me now, right? <laughs> <laughs> like for me, I got a bit, bit like yourself, I think probably um, on that journey still. I like Renee. The self, self-awareness self for me has been the main thing I've been working on. I've got a lot of situations, system awareness. I know that it's more being the self aware. Uh, and you're having that conversation in your head. Well, I have a lot of them in my head, probably too many. And, and having the conversation going, right, I think I should share this with other people now, right? <laughs> I'm going through this over and over and over and like, over. I, I, I get into it with a, I don't know what it is. Like just When I'm faced with a problem, it's, I'm I'm completely in my head for a bit, for a long time, just running through combinations. I don't know if have seen a Marvel movie where, you know, Doctor Strange is there and at the end of Endgame, and they've got to run through all the com- conversations of, "Well, how things would work if they change?" I think that's me, right? I'm like boom, and I'm just playing out all these scenarios in my head, and that's when I think, of, "Oh, I'm, I'm too much in my head." And people have given me feedback that, like, when I do things in distance, and it's just having that self awareness. I'm going right. I'm that's out of my head now. Right, out of my head. I'm I still. Go back into it and all those things that I do when I have to come, even on these podcasts and listen back to them and all these things like oh shit, I should have said that. And I never did. And I was at that moment that I was I was thinking it, but never should have shared it. Um but yeah, i would say it's definitely a journey, but I've been a lot better than I was two, three years ago, and definitely a lot better than I was 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and, and like it's as I said to you, you're up to the point that I was making with you earlier it's good having someone who's on a similar journey as a Renee. Is, I mean, we've been like good friends for a long time. And it's known that, yeah, we call each other's bullshit a little bit, <laughs> a bit, and she and she can say, "Hey, you're not being yourself right now," or "Get out of your head," or "You're being distant," or whatever. And then I know that because I respect her and I trust her that I know she's where she's coming from is a good place for me, and she's only wanting the best. So that's um, yeah. So that's awareness for me. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. It's nice to have somebody to kind of knock on your head a little bit and say, you know, get out from there.
0: Too much happening. Open that window. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, he's he's just lucky. I don't live in Adelaide. <laughs> I'd be smack in his head.
1: <laughs> so, what book are you reading at the moment?
0: Oh, I'm re- reading Range
2: right now from David Epstein. Um, And it's quite interesting. The book is about how generalists triumph over a specialised world. And 10 years ago, people would say, find your niche, find your niche, find your niche. And now in today's world is the more general skills you have, it's better for you to navigate. So I like the word that he used. If you have a hammer, everything around you looks like a nail. So try and get more toolkits around you.
1: He's a smart
2: man.
0: Uh, Okay. What's your favourite smell?
2: Thank God you're not asking that question, to my daughter, because she has something weirder than mine. But my <laughs> favorite smell is um, the smell of rain on wet brick road. I don't see too much of it here, but in India, there were so many bricks and brick roads. So whenever it rain it would just give off this unique smell of brick mixed with water, and it would just smell new. So I would feel, oh, that's a new day. I would just bring that freshness. And then, That's of course, I love the smell of magnolias. Oh, I could just get intoxicated.
1: <laughs> As a kids, what was your favorite toy?
2: I don't remember too many stuffed toys, and I'm wondering why. But I remember when I was eight or nine, my aunt had gone to Dubai, and she had got this little uh, video games. I don't know whether you had those little buttons where you're just click, clicking. It was quite interesting. All I had to do was kill dragons on dragons it was dracula's whole day before they came and sucked blood out of me so i was like yeah mission accomplished three dead four dead so i was quite a geek when i was young but i think now i don't like video games anymore but that was my favorite toy those games
0: were the best i know simple, simple
1: and addictive
0: yeah awesome. that was so cool uh what's the tv show you're binging at the moment a lot heist
2: Hi, this is the latest every day. Uh, I didn't think I'd get addicted to it because it's dubbed, but there's so many lessons. So when I go through it, of course, it's very entertaining. After that, I was thinking, Mike, so many lessons that come to your mind in terms of how you can stay calm when there's a lot of chaos around you, how you can be so well-planned and yet the plan crashes and then you have to pivot. So it's quite interesting. So my mind keeps working even after I see that. Serial, which is probably not a good thing, but it's entertaining.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you'll, you'll know that your, your husband gets the same answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, so because I... we're watching it together. This is the only thing we're watching together. Nothing else. Except friends. Didn't you say friends? That's another.
1: Oh, he didn't tell. He didn't let us into that little secret. But thank you for sharing.
2: <laughs> a lot of friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show um final question Uh, so at the end of the world the end of the world is coming what is the last thing you do
2: Mm, the only thing i can think about if the world is ending is my family so i'll just get them together and give them a really tight hug and we just remain in that circle of hug until we pass on to the next world yeah Nice. lovely yeah
0: Well, thank you for your time today, Sandra. It's been lovely speaking to you. Lovely hearing your stories and your wisdom and your experiences. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Sandra.
0: Thank you for
2: having me over, Renee Dave. It was such a beautiful conversation, so casual and and light. (laughs) Thanks so much.